0: Hey, this is Jeff Reed, and you are listening to SteelerNation.com podcast. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and with me is a Steeler fan who has an undefeated record as my co-host,
1: Hunter Homestek. Hunter, how you doing? Stats don't lie, man. Steelers are undefeated since we've been doing the podcast. That's obviously all they ever needed, and they're never going to lose again. So hey. that's just how it goes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they get Hunter and Stryker together, good, thing ha- good things happen. And right now, those good things are the Steelers have not lost yet. So let's keep that going. And uh, thanks very much to Total Sports Enterprises. I'd like to show you really quickly here on our Facebook feed. Today, we are giving away a signed Eric Ebron Color Rush jersey. Make sure to go over, follow at Total Sports ENT, and retweet it. Retweet it to three friends. Make sure you're also following uh, un- um, underscore SN podcast as well for an extra chance to win. But you get a chance to win this awesome Eric Ebron signed Color Rush jersey. Giving it away tomorrow. Thank you very much to our sponsors there here at Total Sports Enterprises. Also, I'm scrolling up here because since we are 7-0, everything in the store is 45% off. Go over to tseshop.com and check out all the awesome things that they have. Everything Steelers, a lot of stuff Pirates, a lot of stuff uh, Pittsburgh-related, Penguins as well, but ton of Steelers stuff. So best way to go get stuff, get it 45% off early Christmas gifts, guys, smart way, Steeler nation.
1: Here we go. That's awesome, man. They, they give out some great prizes. seems like every week there's a Jersey that I would want, or like a really high quality Jersey. They don't mail it in. Ebron color rush is legit. They've been on point too, with like the big
0: plays, like every, every time some player has a big play on the Steelers, like Claypool had that four touchdown games. Bam. It's the Claypool color rush. DJ had that big like 10 catch game the DJ color rush out the next week. It's it's, or two touchdowns, and then he gets it back again. And Bud Dupree off his big sack game. We had two sacks in one game, so it's it's amazing how much stuff they have and how many uh, players that they get to interact with them and in with their program because they're doing great thing for uh, for Steeler Nation, in my opinion.
1: They really are. And with the seven wins, you mentioned they have Pirates gear already. I think seven wins is more than the Pirates had all year. So the Steelers <laughs> <are> already <laughs> the Steelers <laughs> are already the best team in Pittsburgh again. I mean, that I mean, is yeah.
0: true. And now we're at seven and zero. We match the all-time record of the 1978 Pittsburgh Steelers who won the Super Bowl that year. This is super cool because now we're entering uncharted territory. One more victory, and the Steelers are now – this team will be the best start for a season if they're able to figure out a way to win this upcoming weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the start has been absolutely ridiculous. What's funny is that all along I feel like we've said, you know, there's a different – there's still another level the team can reach both yeah. offensively and defensively as good as both have been especially in spurts I think we've seen both play at absolutely peak optimal performance but there is it still feels like 7 and 0 and they've left meat on the bone to me I feel like I know, there's right? still work to be done which <laughs> is a crazy place to be and um, should be terrifying for the other teams in the NFL because they're finding ways to win. That's like been – that's been the theme of this season to me is every time games are close, they're coming out on top. That's not a coincidence. Good teams yeah. find ways to win even when they're not playing perfectly. So, that to me just signals that the Steelers are indeed a great team this season.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, the results are bearing it out. Will they go 16-0? I don't know, man. That's so unlikely. I oh, don't I see it, it still. But.
0: <laughs> and you know what a Tomlin thing would be to do just so – we're all on the same page here the Steelers could be 14 and 0 and Tomlin will start resting starters at the end of the season just because we didn't have a bye he's like I don't give a crap about wins at the end of the season we're the one seed we got it locked up and (laughs) all the Steeler fans will lose their effing
1: minds if that happens if we can't win with our backups but that would be a Tomlin thing to tell you the truth and they're talking about expanded playoffs now where nobody would get a bye maybe so yeah that that could add another wrinkle where absolutely like literally what you're saying could definitely come to fruition. In that case, if there's literally not going to be a buy in the playoffs, then you got to get these guys rest because like you said, we had our bye week earlier in the season because of the Titans COVID madness. So there you go. I mean, something's got to give. And and with at least
0: that 16 team playoff format, that's only in a worst case scenario where they have to shorten the season. Right. So Steelers are in the playoffs guys. I've started my playoff beard.
1: I started it it's last week. In, was the last I'm impressed.
0: I tell you, one week, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am impressed. So the playoff beard is starting. It will go on through the end of the season. Keep watching here on Twitter, watching on Facebook, watching the replay over here on YouTube to see how long the playoff beard gets here as the season progresses. But awesome pickup for the Steelers. Steelers went out, depth move, picking up a linebacker, Avery Williamson, the inside linebacker from the Jets. He already had 59 tackles. He's on pace for over 100 tackles. The guy's a starter. Everybody in Steeler Nation is like, is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be a starter? Tomlin had something different to say about that, didn't he there, uh, Hunter?
1: Yeah, I mean, Tomlin didn't outright say it, but he essentially was alluding to the fact that Avery was going to be a depth Add at this point, as he gets acclimated, as he settles in, sounds like he is absolutely going to be the third inside linebacker on the depth chart. So he'll be still behind Spillane, still behind Vince Williams, obviously. Yeah. And Spillane, you know, to his credit, has earned that. I think if Spillane was playing poorly, yeah, Rhee Williamson would absolutely be the starter right now. But Spillane has played well. He's had his hiccups, man. He hasn't been perfect by any means. The pick six looks amazing on paper, but yeah. right after that, he allows a big catch and run from Snead. He doesn't yeah. get to the edge against J.K. Dobbins, who rattles off a huge run. We've seen Spillane. some of Spillane's limited athleticism come back to bite him, but what's beautiful to me is how he makes up for it with his football IQ, yeah. with his instincts. Yeah. That's a That was something that was explained to me last training camp by Cam Kelly, of all people. There's oh, going to yeah? be... Going to be a weird throwback at some point. Not yet, since it was, was just last year. But he was one of those year.
0: people that made the team because of right. his football IQ. He was an undrafted guy, and he ended exactly. up making the roster. Yeah, so was, I was talking that,
1: to him. Yeah. So I was talking to him about the speed of the NFL and talked to a lot of rookies about the speed of the NFL as well as they transition. Because that's something you always hear, right, is how much faster the game is. But what everybody said without failing, Cam Kelly put it to me better than, than anybody, was he said, look at it this way. If I run a 4-6, but I recognize the play instantly and and I'm breaking, you know, as soon as I'm breaking on the receiver's route immediately, no thought at all, then my 4-6 is true. If I run a 4-4, but it takes me, you know, 0.3 seconds to react to the route to realize what's happening because my football IQ isn't there. Well, my 4-4 just became a 4-7. Now I'm actually slower than the guy that runs a 4-6 because it took me longer to realize what was happening. So. Spillane I think is the perfect example that's where he doesn't have the raw speed of Devin Bush but I mean you saw it perfectly on the pick six he read it took it to the house the receiver couldn't even catch him because he had he had such a head start so you can make up for a lot of things with football IQ and instincts and you're seeing that with Spillane and that's why he's keeping his starting job but I mean as you can see from the tape here on Avery Williamson I think he's a perfect depth add great run stuffer sure tackler maybe not the best in man coverage but that fits the mold of what we already have in place, which for me, I think is actually ideal because now they can all feed off each other, all do the same thing well, and they can just keep everybody fresh and kind of cycle these guys in and out. So it should work with our team. Hey, man, they're 7-0 and right now. It's working. Get another guy like that. <laughs> it's not going to hurt anything.
0: And the, the great thing was it didn't cost the Steelers much to pick them up either. It was a, uh, they traded, uh, gave them a fifth round draft pick and not next year, but in 2022 for the Jets seventh round pick in 2022 plus Williamson. So, uh, you know, great job of uh, Colbert, not, you know, banking on the future because we got this two year window here that we're trying to win championship yep. and uh, making sure that we have as much uh, stocked in the cupboard as we can. And Hunter, you were talking to me earlier too about the uh, the university of Kentucky connection here with the current, pittsburgh steeler linebacker yeah. who used to play right here next to avery williamson
1: it's pretty great man he played at kentucky with bud dupree and that's actually how tomlin was saying in his press conference it's funny because the steelers tend to do this they tend to go after guys that they looked at in the pre-draft process but yeah. eventually didn't land or something like that stephen nelson was the same way stephen nelson was a the guy they previously liked weren't able to get whenever the opportunity to snag him was there of course they took it Avery Williamson, same deal. He actually, Tomlin got to check out Avery Williamson when he was at Bud Dupree's pro day. So they played together at Kentucky. So Tomlin was saying that, you know, he had a chance to talk to him then, was really impressed with him, always had his eye on him. So now that the chance has resurfaced, mm. here he is. And I'm sure Bud's happy about it, man. Bud's oh, gosh, got a, yeah. <laughs> Bud's got a really funny personality anyway. I don't know if yeah. you guys have been watching that uh Bud. Bud's got a buddy or Bud, Bud brings Bud a buddy. With the buddies, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder if he'll bring Avery in next week now. I bet they'll oh. be hilarious together with ha- having <laughs> some history and everything. That should be a good time. But uh, Anthony on Facebook we got our we got a couple questions already, so Okay, great. While I'm just going to finish this up
0: and we'll go right yeah. right to Anthony's question. Yeah, yeah. Um Avery uh, Williamson is only going to cost 1.45 million for the rest of the oh, season nice. for his prorated portion of his contract and he has to be out 6 days so he's going to be remote until um the end of uh saturday so saturday he may be able to come back but it probably not going to play this week probably not going to be able to travel if saturday is the first day he can come back and uh what did you say about anthony hey anthony how you doing
1: overall facebook live always anthony with the good question i i didn't read the question i just saw it came through but i mean we already answered it for you anthony he said okay good he said how do you see avery williamson fitting into the defense do you see him taking time away from rob Spillane?" so i think we covered that we covered that we got another one from crystal thanks for joining us crystal hey crystal while we were talking about going undefeated she asked what's your opinion on the rest of the year i'd love to go undefeated who will be the hardest team to beat? So I'll let you say what you think the hardest game is first, and then I'll, I'll chime in as well.
0: Two that stick out. Uh, Baltimore, of course, on Thanksgiving, they're going to be hungry to prove that it was a fluke that we won the way we won in Baltimore. Um, that's, uh, it's, it's easily the toughest game on the schedule left. Uh, I mean, we have uh, Buffalo in Buffalo is another tough one. Uh, obviously, playing that time of the year up there in the snow, it, it can create havoc and be a completely different dimension for a team like this that has to learn how to win. But that, like I said, I I think the easiest way that they're going to start losing games is if we start resting players in week 15, 16, 17.
1: Yeah. And, and that for me is, you know, I think they'll lose before this game, but that, yeah. there's the perfect example because the, they play the Browns in Cleveland to end the season. So if yeah. they're resting starters, that's absolutely a game they'll probably lose. If if it's you know second stringers and the Browns are fighting for playoff position,
0: no, <laughs> we're two and zero right now with the Browns against our second stringers. At the end of the <laughs> hey, season playing them in the very, last
1: game, so very no. true very true you really you never know there so I like that um I like that as a pick here's the pick that I think a lot of Steelers fans will gravitate towards is the Jacksonville game in Jacksonville just because that seems to always be a terrible matchup for the Steelers (laughs) but I'll say that this is not the same Jacksonville team uh, they're they're awful no. they're objectively awful this year on yeah. both sides of the ball yeah, I they, think they at least had defensive talent when we were losing right to them. right yeah. the Steelers Steelers will ball. take care of that one I go yeah. to the same too though Crystal to answer your question the, the Ravens game is always going to be tough the yep. Bills game is going to be tough in Buffalo, and then the last one I would throw in is the Colts too. The Colts are very sound yeah. defensively. Yeah. Philip Rivers will still do some Philip Rivers stuff. They got a nice little trio of running backs there. If Jonathan Taylor gets back to full health, he's he's a really good rookie running yeah. back. So yes, that could be a tough one here yeah. as well. I'll throw those three, but yeah, in the NFL, there's no guaranteed game, man. I think No, this, not, this not game even this upcoming up week. Not guaranteed, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it,
0: but I don't I can't remember ever losing to Philip Rivers. That, that's every time we played the Chargers. It seems like we always found a way to beat him. I don't know if it's something like Ben just hates losing against guys he was drafted the same year with. But that was all.
1: <laughs> that's so, def- well. Even Duck beat him last year. So. Yeah,
0: that's true. I know. All <laughs> right. So uh, Hunter, I got a question for you. Raw stats for this week: 265 yards left rushing against yeah. our defense. Out paced yardage wise total 457 to 221 22 and 0 was um, Lamar Jackson was 22 and 0 as a starter when leading at halftime they were up by 10 points
1: how did they win that game? I'm still not sure they did. I'm not convinced they won <laughs> that game. Still,
0: dude, I, 20- I only knew it because I was watching it at my buddy's house. Like really yeah. good friend of mine, and he's a big Ravens fan. So uh, you know, nice. We, we get together sometimes on these, and it was
1: it was rough. Well, for first him. off, man, shout out to Lamar Jackson because yep. 22 and 0 when you're leading at halftime is a ridiculous record. Like that's it surprising is. to me. That's crazy. There's no doubt that this guy plays better when he's ahead and kind of crumbles under pressure a little bit. I mean, that's been his MO. He's failed in the playoffs twice now. So until he proves that he can put the team on his back, so to speak, and and get through adversity, that's a question mark with him right now. There's no Nobody's going to question his natural ability, and Steelers fans definitely saw it on Sunday as well. He made some great plays, escaping the pocket, making his little sidearm throws, throwing on the run, get extended plays with his legs, obviously, what he does so well. But if you just read me those raw stats, I say the Steelers absolutely lost that game. Yeah, because right? the, key, the keys to stopping the Ravens, as we talked about in the pregame, stop the run, make Lamar pass. They did not yeah. stop the run by no. any means until very late in the game. They finally yeah. got started to get a handle on it. So, And that's ultimately what mattered. But, man, Spillane's pick six, you cannot overstate how huge that ended up being in that game. I know that they – the Ravens came right back, you know, and scored on the next drive. But yeah. that pick six setting the tone was freaking massive. That they don't win the game without it, flat outs. And Very you know, let's—I'm going to yinz up a little bit. Let's talk about that roughing the passer penalty uh, or late hit. Excuse oh, me. me on yeah, that—that's the
0: big thing on Steeler Ridiculous. Nation. I know they're up. Uh, Twitter's up about that, and that is the rule when Lamar Jackson was close to the sideline. I think uh, Fitzgerald had him wrapped and then he got hit by Cam Hayward while he was still in bounds and of course they went to the ground hard um pretty deep out of bounds i mean he got hit well but yeah. you know with the uh from what i saw it looked like a legal play but the problem is with these quarterbacks if you're going to land on somebody out of bounds you're going to get some kind of call though i know they didn't give the call to uh Fitzgerald who i think landed on him they gave yeah. it the call to um Hayward for i guess hitting him late while he's still wrapped up. I, I don't know. But what did you see?
1: It was insane. I mean, I saw exactly what you saw there. First yeah. off Fitzpatrick striker. You're saying Fitzgerald. Son so of got a
0: taboo buzzer to get me yeah. every time I do that.
1: <laughs> we got to We got to air horn you. We got it. What? this many weeks, this many weeks into the show and I still didn't buy an air horn, man. I'm oh, failing all geez. of you guys. I really need to get on that. We, we I think the taboo buzzer is the best buzzer in any game because that's for the one sure. you always have right next to your friend's ear. It's and so you scary. Up, you're like, it's ter- <laughs> I know it's terrifying. You're like it's the most scary buzzer in games, but yes. Mika Fitzpatrick. Thank you. Yes. But <laughs> I think, I don't know if you guys have seen the Baldy's breakdown. Uh, Brian Baldinger did a little breakdown of the play and just basically said how ridiculous it was. Here's like the thing for me is that Lamar Jackson runs the ball. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows that Lamar Jackson runs the ball. And even later in the game, he went to the sideline in the same exact fashion and cut back inside, spun back inside, made a guy miss. So Mm -hmm. it's like, what are you supposed to do? Just because he's at the sideline, you got to hit the guy if he's in bounds. You have to, or else he's (laughs) going to extend the play and make you pay. So there was just flat out nothing wrong with that play. Objectively, nothing wrong with that play. It was a ridiculous call.
0: Yeah, well, You know, if you're a Ravens fan, though, you're not complaining about that play. You're complaining about the way Harbaugh ran onto the field pointing at his head. He was trying to tell the rest, hey, they just hit my guy Sneed on the last play of the game in the head. And if you watch the replay, Minka Fitzpatrick was jumping up and making a play, got both hands on the ball, wasn't even looking at Sneed. It was incidental contact, which by rule is not a foul in the NFL if you're playing the football.
1: Right. Which uh, I think it was Dean Salvatore on Twitter kind of debunked that, yes. explained explained why it wasn't called and correctly why it wasn't called. So once again, what's weird to me is that Harbaugh and Sneed, the way they complained about it. it, it Sneed, I can – I'll let that one slide a little bit. Cause the dude definitely got smashed. Like I'm not oh, he sure did. he
0: got high load. Cause uh, in that,
1: in that got- moment, yeah. I really don't think he knows exactly what happened. I don't think you can as fast as that happened. So that's yeah. fine. But for Harbaugh to complain about it, the way he did, it just made me, like thankful for Mike Tomlin once again because could he would never do that. You, I no, can't imagine never, Mike never Tomlin once doing that. Would he do that? No, it's such I, a sore loser thing to do. Yeah,
0: I, I live in Baltimore, and, and that's all you get. Oh, the refs they screwed us, man. They, they we got them down there to get that touchdown, and you guys didn't give us that touchdown. That's they refs screwed us, man. We should have won, but but you know neither here yeah. nor there. But us Yenzers got us got the last thing. We got we made sure Dude. they didn't get their touchdown.
1: <laughs> Dude, but here's what I'll say. They lose two offensive linemen early, including yes. Ronnie Staley, oh, one of, the, that one of such, the best in the oh, NFL. My heart went out to him because he just got a new contract. Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's a terrible injury. It's never what you yeah. want to see. So they lose two starting offensive linemen, plus lose Judon early in the game for a yes. boneheaded play and still on make that, that
0: sa- on that same play for the out of bounds call that we were all go. upset about yeah that's, yeah that's like right. something we have to remember as Steeler fans Judon got kicked out of that game it, from that thing so maybe, I'm not as upset about getting a 15-yard penalty on but
1: it. <laughs> the, where I'm like going with this is that the game yeah. was still that competitive the Ravens played that well they're a freaking yeah. good team like they're absolutely what they were built to be so that Thanksgiving game is going to be incredible yeah. I think if you yeah. can get tickets to that one Steelers Nation that's the one this year you got to target. It's going to be expensive, but be worth it.
0: Yeah, and uh, here we go here. I'm going to show some plays here while we start talking about Mr. Big Ben Roethlisberger and the plays that he ended up making in the second half because he couldn't really do it in the first half. And when I went on pregame on Twitter to tell everybody my, my plans of the game, I thought we were going to go widespread, five wide receivers and just go, go, go. And we didn't do that till the second half. But I guess, you know, we were only down by 10 at that point. But that was how we came back. I mean, it was Ben going out there, making plays, telling people at the line of scrimmage where to run, where to go, giving hand signals. I mean, just being the leader on offense and that nice hurry up two-minute approach and getting three touchdowns there in the second half, which is, you know, we always forget to talk about Big Ben and especially the media forgets to talk about Big Ben. Yet another fourth quarter comeback for uh, the Hall of Famer to be Big Ben who has – top five to eight stats in every single NFL category currently.
1: It's kind of his thing. He's kind of okay at football and finds <laughs> ways to win. So yeah, obviously, and Steve I,
0: I, I love that. I love that. He's saying the only stat that matters, matters Hunter is winning.
1: And that's I, what I love that. The whole team. It's infectious this season. Everybody's. You can tell that. the yeah. whole team is absolutely buying into that. Juju buying into it. I mean, right. every guy you could go down the list. Nobody cares about their individual stats. They're just trying right. to win the game. And I think, on that Ebron touchdown, it was funny to see L.J. Fort with a huge miscommunication breakdown there. I'm not sure what he was doing, but Steelers fans obviously remember yeah. L.J. Fort. <laughs> yes. so, nice to see him again <laughs> getting hey, torched. This is why we kept
0: Robert Spillane and not L.J. Fort. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> we Although, got to take six out of our guy. Right.
1: To, to be <laughs> and fair. And a f- recovery. <laughs> to be fair, L.J. Ford is having a career year for the he Rays. He's playing better game than games. he ever did in Pittsburgh. So yeah. it, the opportunity's there, whatever the system. Something's working better for him. So, yeah. no, it will, but it was nice to see Ebron kind of put it on in there for the touchdown.
0: <laughs> and the rest, I mean, obviously James Conner James got held uh, rushing-wise. He had 47 yards on 15 carries for a touchdown, though he scored his fifth touchdown, and he just passed his whole touchdown scoring from last year at four. So keep it going there, buddy.
1: <laughs> He's been undeniably more effective this year. I mean, nobody oh, gotcha. you, you can't dispute that at all. And in this game, this game was very weird running the ball in general. So many quick three and outs and everything, they were they weren't able to really establish any kind of rhythm. Yeah. McFarlane got one snap and Benny Snell got zero. I mean, it was all Connor, but they really just didn't focus on running the ball at all. Like you yeah. said, they they saw the the opportunity was through the passing game and that one to move the ball and Second half rolled around. Apparently, Ben started scribbling plays in the turf, in the the dirt, and playing some backyard football, and obviously it worked. So, that's what it it took. And
0: then we had, you know,
1: three new receivers up at the top this time because
0: Chase Claypool actually got back into the mix this time, but it's still Juju and Eric Ebron. Uh, Seven catches for Juju off of eight attempts, 67 yards, and they were 67 tough freaking yards, man. The way he was forcing out and legging out uh, first downs after getting a hit well in front of the first down line i mean this is why you like this tall strong player with juju and the way he worked out this offseason man it's really showing Dude. up on the field now
1: it absolutely is and i mean spoiler alert when we hand out our game balls that's my offensive game ball right there no, I I know juju, the stats <laughs> the stats aren't weren't incredible if you had him in fantasy football you're not you know winning your matchup because of him but if you yep. just watch the game Watch it in context. So many big conversions, fighting for huge first downs. There, I think it was like yeah. a two- or three-yard gain for a first down, the most impressive catch of the day, in my opinion, right. from Juju. Right. He, he got hit and had to drag three guys two yards. It was just an incredible, yeah. incredible effort play to extend. And as we just said about – not caring about the individual stats and just wanting to win. I mean, that's all nice to say, but every, you know, actions speak louder than words. Juju's actions say it all. That guy is fighting for every yard. Once he gets the ball, he goes full on Hulk mode after catches this year. The weight training is obviously paying off. He's been a, I love watching Juju this year, man. He's been, I do too. He's turning into Heinz Ward slowly, <laughs> yeah, and I'm here gonna for I just going to say <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> yeah, took the words out of my mouth. Very Heinz Ward-esque. Yeah. And uh, kudos, too, to Chase Claypool after getting shut down the week before. I mean, he had a solid game, uh, nine attempts, five catches, a couple pass interferences toward his way, 42 yards, and his ninth touchdown of the season. Uh, the rookie record for the Steelers is 11, and I believe that is held by Franco Harris and Lewis Lips. So a shot to get three touchdowns and nine more games, he's got a chance. (laughs) Oh,
1: he's, he's going to do it.
0: (laughs) So Again, Pittsburgh scored 26 points uh, in each game this season. They've extended that record. Um, Third down, they weren't as good in this past game. Three for nine on third downs versus uh, eight for 15 for the Ravens, one for two on fourth downs for them as well. Uh, But the red zone for me was where the efficiency really came out. They were three for three. Uh, Ravens were three for five, and the two that they didn't get, they were turnovers, so they didn't even get points yep. on those. So that was really, really big for them.
1: The turnovers were the tail <laughs> of the game. Uh, the Steelers don't win without Spillane's pick six, like we said, but I, as you just said, Bud Dupree forces a huge force fumble in the red zone. They get a couple more fun- – I mean, Lamar Jackson fumbled three times that game, lost yes, he two did. of them. The so- one he was
0: just running, and it f- flew out of his hand. Was I'm like, cra- holy Cordell, how are Dude, you doing?
1: <laughs> all game <laughs> – all game, it looked like Lamar was really trying to fumble. Like, I even tweeted that. I, <laughs> right? I, when he had one fumble, I said, Lamar Jackson is fumbling again before this game's at 100%. Yeah. You can't be that careless with the ball against that defense. Like, it was just obvious yes. that he it was yeah. bound to happen. But, it, yeah, I mean, Claypool on the other side had an early fumble, which wasn't a great look for him. But one thing that they always say about Chase, I think Ben said, I can't remember who quoted it, but like, Chase makes a mistake, but then never makes it again. Like, he's a yes. guy who learns from his mistakes big time, and I think you yeah. saw that with the ball security in that game. Obviously, oh, came yeah. up huge Two touchdown hands. later. It, yeah. You saw
0: the whole team doing it. Abram, exactly, Juju, like, everybody, when they caught the ball, we were like this every time yeah. they were hitting people. It yeah. was amazing. F- it was for amazing Connor, yeah.
1: I think I noticed it with Connor the most. It seemed like Connor was – content to gain three yards if it meant protecting the football and just kind of going down instead of cutting back instead of running a little, you know, trying to make people miss, which I mean, obviously it worked out. But at the same time, that contributed to his kind of lackluster stats in that game. So that was a big reason why I'm pretty sure, you know, they won't admit it, but there was a huge emphasis on just protecting the ball and not giving the Ravens extra opportunities that they don't need.
0: Yeah. Ravens had more time of possession, 35 minutes to 24. I mean, with that kind of rushing, you're expecting to win the game controlling the clock like that, but it came down like we're saying turnovers four to one and penalties. Steelers had three penalties for 30 yards. Ravens had nine for 110. That was huge. So yeah, you're upset about the rest, but if you're not cheating and clutching and grabbing every time somebody's trying to run by you on a (laughs) deep pattern, maybe you wouldn't get pass interferences as much.
1: Yeah, a really, really interesting lesson on that too. I think whenever Deontay had that one go route that he was definitely being held on, but he was, yeah. he was asking for the call before the play was even over. Like he kind of gave up on the play to try to, to try to get the call and he didn't get it. Yeah. And then later in the game, Ray Ray McLeod had a very similar situation, and he simply just kept trying to go for the ball and fighting through it. And it made the contact that much more exaggerated and obvious, and it did get called. Yeah. So I feel like that's a lesson for Deontay now moving forward. is like, hey, man, like you'll get the call, yeah. just try You're to make the play football. at yes. all costs. Like, don't give up on it, which he did. And I, I truly think that cost him.
0: Yeah. And I know that would be something that Tomlin will be in his ear about as well, because sure. you can't expect to get a call you got to play as hard as you can to try to get to that ball. Even the one, like, Claypool was upside down on the one where he got – I mean, he was interfered like a madman on that play, and they didn't even call it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like he still, like, tried to catch the ball, like, by diving and, like, flipped upside down to try to get a piece of it. I'm like, my gosh, this guy is sick.
1: They're obviously tough. It's tough to call. I mean, (laughs) people underestimate how hard that is in real time to make those calls because, A, there's a lot of contact on every single play. Yeah and B, they get one shot to look at it. We get multiple replays and yes. slow-mo and different angles, yep. but for the refs themselves, it's way harder than you expect or think. So I'm not necessarily that mad about it. And you know what? I yinsed it up earlier by complaining about the Cam Hayward late hit. Let me throw one out there. Chase, they, you showed it on your highlights. Ebron had a catch that he straight-up pushed the safety off him so hard and still made the catch, and they didn't call anything. So there you go, Ravens. Yeah. There's one that they missed that I 100% agree with you they should have called. There you go.
0: See, that refs always got us, man. They always got us Damn, they always do.
1: That's the only reason you lost. It definitely wasn't Lamar giving the ball away every chance he had. Right.
0: So sack watch. Steelers have extended their record 64 straight games with at least one sack, second all-time in NFL mm. history four sacks on the day two to two it one to watt and one to bud and i thought on one of those two it sacks it should have been shared by bugs bugs had a heck of a game as well but talk about a tackle machine Splaine in his first real full oh, game man. or second full game starting 11 tackles 10 solo one for a loss fumble recovery interception two passes defense. That's a hell of a stat line.
1: It's a great stat line. Great game. He's rising to the occasion. I think that's the biggest thing we talk about, you know, week in week out on this show is just the next man up standard is the standard. All that stuff Tomlin says coming to light and actually seeing it play out this year in a huge way. And you mentioned the other guy bugs who really had to do it. He came in and was brutal in that first half. He was not good. I don't know if he was not ready or just adjusting or what it was, but man, At halftime in the third quarter, that was a totally different player in the second half. Bugs was 100% there, made two huge stops at the end of the game that may have won the game, literally. like Without those plays, I'm not sure. So, shout out to Isaiah Bugs for kind of finding his sea legs, finding his NFL legs there and making some plays because they needed them, and he showed that he can do it. Now, we'll see what he does this week against Dallas.
0: And to it with a huge game, nine tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss – uh, force fumble and a sack for Bud Dupree again, making plays everywhere. Watt again with a sack, five tackles. Minka Fitzpatrick, seven tackles and a force fumble and the biggest pass defended play at the end of yeah. the game there in the end zone, which was the game-winning play essentially. And yeah. Vince Williams coming through with a fumble recovery as well with five tackles. Highsmith with hey. an interception. I mean, Cameron Sutton forcing a fumble, that one on the sideline that – spillane nearly lost. that was what? a great play by i mean spillane nearly had three
1: turnovers in that Dude, game spillane <laughs> sliding in and almost trapping that ball with one hand that would yeah. have been so sick if he pulled that off like that <laughs> seriously would have been one of the best fumble recoveries i've ever seen but um, oh. it was not meant to be but it was a hell of a play by cam sutton nonetheless
0: so lamar jackson versus the rest of the nfl 63 percent completion percentage 51 touchdowns to eight interceptions, 105 quarterback rating, and, of course, a great 6.1 yards per carry, rushing with 14 touchdowns. Against Pittsburgh, just just a hair under 58% completion percentage, four touchdowns, five interceptions, a 65 quarterback rating, nine sacks, five fumbles, four yards per carry, zero touchdowns rushing.
1: Yeah, it's almost like the Steelers have a good defense or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it could be, Striker. <laughs>
0: Sounds like that Tennessee Titans playoff game too. <laughs> hey,
1: there is, <laughs> is it that teams
0: that shut down that run on them. It makes it. Be, hey, you got to beat us with your. Uh, in Kansas City earlier this year, we're gonna we're gonna sell out on this run. You got to beat us with your arm, and he's shown uh, so far that he's not able to do it yet.
1: Yeah that, oh, yeah, that one's got to kill the Ravens and Lamar in particular, though, because they did beat the Steelers with the run. Like, they did exactly yeah, yeah. what they needed to do, exactly, and he, yeah. he still gave it away. So that that one stings extra, I think, and I doubly think the Steelers are going to be more prepared on Thanksgiving for that. <laughs> so coming into this game, Steelers were
0: 0-21, giving up 260-plus yards on the ground. The most yards they've ever given up on the ground and one was back in 1972. That was oh. the immaculate uh, reception year against wow. the Buffalo Bills and O.J. Simpson with nice. 54 yards. Nice. So that is a stat. Reference. I like that. <laughs> and game balls, buddy. We got on game balls offense. I think you were touching. I on already two. gave
1: mine. Yeah, All right. I you, gave you mine. You said
0: Juju. I am going to go with Eric Ebron. I want to give it to Ben. Ben did an excellent job. Of course, honorable mention, Ben. Awesome game. But I want to go Eric Ebron in this game just for the fact that this is the first – Game where he it looks like he's starting to get comfortable in the system. Um, I mean, I know that first ball was kind of a little bit behind him and hit him in the hands, but hit, hit the ground, but it was still wet at that point in the game. But after that point, especially that one handed catch that he made for that first down when he did that zag out, so and nice. that was just a, a that's a, that's the type of catch we've been looking for all of these you know tight ends that we're doing, trying to bring in a free agency with Ramirez, Ma, with uh, the guy always get the name wrong and I want to say. <laughs> The, the different name of that guy from uh, the Chargers that we tried to bring in to be. Ladarius
1: the, Green. LaDarius I got Green. you. Every yeah. week I got you with that. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I have to tag it with Green because we had Eric Green back in the day. When yeah, he was yeah. a great pass right. catcher. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, that's, that's what you got at least on there. So, let's go on over to defense. Who you got for your game ball on defense, man?
1: But man, that that one's tough because a, a lot of a lot of guys played really well, and B, like Spillane, is the most obvious choice. However, I mm-hmm. truly think you know he had he had his fair share of mistakes. He really did. It was not a flawless game from him by any means. But I like everything he's doing. I like the way he's filled in thus far. I like what I've seen from him. You mentioned Minka played very well again. Yeah, <laughs> man, you could always go with T.J. Watt. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to stick. I'm just going to stick with Spillane. Let's just keep it okay. there because he made the plays. He made the splash plays that he had to make. I mean, they don't win the game without him, flat out, I don't think. So kudos yeah. to him. He's never going to be that shutdown coverage middle linebacker. It's not what we expected. So I'll give him a little bit of a pass on that. I'll and, stick with Spillane.
0: And, and I don't know if my nickname for him will ever stick because I'd be going back to my 1990s indie bands were built to Spillane.
1: Nice. And that would be
0: my. <laughs> My pick as well, but actually, I'm since you took Spillane, I'm going to take uh, Stephon Tewitt.
1: Yeah. Tewitt had oh, an geez.
0: incredible yeah. game. And also impacted it, the fact that we lost Tyson Alu-Alu in the first quarter on the on the second drive of the game. Yep. And then we lost um, Hayward intermittently in and out in the fourth quarter. And Tewitt just took it upon his back to set that line, set that play, and, you know, he had a hell of a game. Absolute m- – disruptive game and you know moving forward like obviously we're hoping to have everybody back and I'll transition to that right now because now we can talk about the Mike Tomlin's presser and let's start talking about who was on the injury list first person I want to touch base on is an article I put out this morning is is Stefan Wisniewski going to be out for the season tomorrow is when Wisniewski has to be activated to the roster if he's not activated to the roster he's lost for the year on IR He cannot come back. So they mentioned that in the press report today. They said, hey, hey, Tomlin, is this the week you got to do something with Spillane? He's like, yeah, this is the week. Of course, he didn't say whether they're going to pick him up or not, but we'll know tomorrow, Steeler fans, because that's 21-day mark will be November 4th. Um, He also said Dangerfield's going to be coming back this week. He missed a week. Same thing with um, uh, Derek Watt, but I thought Derek Watt wasn't even in that. He he was active for the last game, but he didn't take a snap. So I think he was one of those, um, you know, Non playing injured, and just in case they needed to bring him in, they could bring him in. But those guys are returning this week. Fortunately, that Cameron Hayward injury first they said it was a cramp, and it may be either a cramp or a mild um quad strain. Looking into that early on, another great news, at least with Tyson Alu Alu, is the he had an MCL strain, so it's Mm -hmm. not a rip, it's not a tear, it's everything's still intact. So, they're going to get the MRI today. We'll know exactly how it's going to be. Probably not going to play this week, but moving forward, we're hoping to get him back soon. And, obviously, Ulysses Gilbert is still dealing with a back injury. And uh, Deontay Johnson had a little bit of a hamstring tweak in that game. Came out. Like, he's got to come out at least a couple plays for something. Came Good back man. in and, and had a nice, strong last drive, too, for us, though. So it was He did. Nice big play on that, on that one um, uh, pickup. Almost got the first down, actually, to ice the game. He's just yeah. two
1: yards short on that. Yeah, Deontay's killing me a little bit, as as we know, as we've documented on this show, because I do think he's the most talented guy in a very talented receiver room. I think he is the most talented, even above Chase still, yep. while Chase figures out the NFL. But, yeah. man, he's got to stay healthy. He just has he to. Ray, Ray Ray McLeod's been great returning kicks, returning punts. So mm-hmm. that's taken a lot of stress off Deontay, I think. In that way, you don't got to worry about getting injured on punt returns anymore. Just stay out there on offense and contribute. So they're just that much more of a dangerous offense whenever Deontre Deontay is contributing. Yes. So I wanna see him out there. But yeah, I mean, all in all, pretty good injury news. Even a Lulu's injury, I think, is not as bad as a lot of people were expecting. It's just a couple weeks and maybe, you know, as little as one, it sounds like. It sounds yeah. like they don't they don't yeah. even know exactly how they, few they don't. it might be. Yeah. yeah. So So it could be absolutely nothing or, you know, just very little. So either way, it's not bad, though, by any means. And Cam Hayward, it sounds like, had a cramp and, like, a very minor quad injury. So very good news there. That's a guy that you cannot lose, not just because Cam is an absolute all-pro animal, but the leader that he is for that defense, the way he sets the tone, the intangible things he does, you're not going to replace that with a backup. Certainly not one on the roster. Mm -hmm. So. That's all good news. You know, Tomlin did mention Henry Mondo maybe getting some more snaps with yep. Lulu out. I and, saw him in and, there
0: a couple of times last night. Yeah, He's in the last play, actually. Last yeah,
1: game. and also <laughs> activating uh, Carlos Davis, the rookie. Yep. So that would be interesting oh, to yes. see. Yeah, good call. It'd be very interesting to see if he gets some snaps and what he can do, if he can rise up. But for now, it looks like it's the bug show in the center. So for me personally... I'm just excited to see what bugs can do more. I want to see yeah. more bugs because the bugs that showed up in the second half of that game was super promising. So he was. if he could if he could keep that rolling, we might have, you know, Dotson comes in, like <laughs> Kevin Dotson comes in and <laughs> replay, and you're like, oh man, what do we get? Like maybe bugs. Yeah, Where's this the... guy
0: come from? I mean, yeah. unless you watch his college tape, he was an absolute bulldozer in college. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeez. Geez, we got now, we lucked out. For that's, sure. that's like that's like hide, like I think you said before, it's like hiding the tape on Stalworth during the draft and be like no we can get him in the fourth round
1: don't talk about him (laughs) nobody mentioned his name he doesn't exist but yeah
0: so i want to i want to show the
1: next guy yeah
0: yeah and and i want to show and take us to the film room here for uh facebook and watch it here on replay on the um on the broadcast on our uh on our channel and i want to take us back to week four against the eagles as you see right here we're in a goal line situation we've got Uh, Claypool right here on the right hand side of the line he's going to be coming into motion and then we have a lead blocker which is usually the running back in this instance it is uh, Edmonds yes and it looks like right here in the backfield is uh, Snell so on this play we're going to see Claypool come around go into motion and oh and I hit the wrong button of course (laughs) I'm always hitting the wrong button all right so here we go and here he goes. He's going to come down. Ben's going to call a play, coming into motion. He's getting the ball quickly, coming around the edge. They seal the edge, and he goes into the end zone. Fast forward to four weeks. We're on the end zone again. Same look. Claypool on the right-hand side. This time we have Samuels as the lead blocker with Connor in the backfield. Same look coming around. Watch this. Here comes... Claypool into motion, again, not going to Claypool this time, going up the middle, and this is something now that the Steelers are not just building plays from within a game, they're building plays across games, so that play is the same set, you can go either way, it made, you saw the defense shift a little bit there to the left when Claypool came across, and of course, because they've got to respect his speed on the edge, and they got an easy touchdown up the middle with connor in that situation so kudos to the coaching staff and also big number here too and i want to talk about this a little bit too hunter is um mike tomlin now is the winningest black coach in nfl history just passing his mentor tony dungy who happens to also be on the chuck knoll coaching tree which people don't always remember tony dungy's first first professional job being defensive coordinator for the pittsburgh steelers in the late 70s before or sorry being being the defensive backs coach in the late 70s before taking over as the um, defensive coordinator I'm sorry that's early 80s not late 70s going off
1: my mind there (laughs) really cool connections there though and and I think that's something if you guys ever want to have a great you know Steelers kind of just soak in some Steelers good vibes go listen to Tony Dungy talk about Mike Tomlin sometime he he has you know (laughs) nothing but the highest of high praise for Mike Tomlin. It's all so well-deserved, but there's no doubt how much that means to Mike Tomlin and especially to be in the same company as somebody like Tony Dungy, who, like you said, is his mentor and is one of the all-time greats. So it it means, you know, it means a lot to Tomlin. But something that I thought was very cool was how much it also meant to the players. I saw so many current Steelers players sharing the graphic that Tomlin is now the winningest black coach in NFL history sharing it you know saying that's my coach that's the best coach I ever had Joe Hayden was going ham on Twitter <laughs> with like just talking about how amazing coach Tomlin is and oh. Ryan Clark was chiming in and saying the same I mean the the good vibes for Tomlin I think it's this is a really I, it's not necessarily a revenge year for him because he was never down and out or anything, but just the way people talk bad on Tomlin a lot, and there's always the fire Tomlin crowd. There's always the, oh, he won with cowards people, with yeah. cowards players people. Yeah. This <laughs> year for him is erasing all of that. This yes. is like his his exorcism year where you can't talk bad on Mike Tomlin anymore. Like if you didn't believe in him last year after he went eight and eight with a duck collar right Then how about now how about now when he gets his starting (laughs) hall of fame quarterback back and is now the last undefeated uh coach in the nfl so all mad respect to mike tomlin and i think like you said the haters there's nothing left to say anymore the
0: wait is finally over football is back you might not be at the game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be 3.5 times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with free $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Coming up this week now, we're going to Dallas. Third straight road game. Interesting point here, Hunter. Big Ben won a Super Bowl with Cedric Wilson. In this game, he faces off against Cedric Wilson's son on the other side <laughs> of the football field.
1: Man, you-, you stole my fun fact. I thought oh, I was going to no! I thought I was going to be the guy to break that. Well, then you give the
0: breaking news. There's breaking news coming out for the quarterback situation in Dallas. What is that breaking news, Hunter?
1: Andy Dalton has COVID, guys. He's on the COVID list. It's going to be Ben Denucci again for the Cowboys. Here's the thing I tweeted Ben Denucci. I t- Yeah, Pittsburgh native Ben Denucci, like Pitt, he moonlit as a Pitt quarterback for like a game <laughs> and then went to James Madison. He's like, ah, crap, I can't play here. I need to go somewhere else. But yeah. anyway, Andy Dalton, I actually tweeted this. It's on the record. We could go back. I said, if I'm Andy Dalton, I'm going <laughs> to fake. I'm going to fake having vicious sensitivity to light. While I'm trying to come back from my concussion, because I do not want to play that Steelers defense. If you're coming off a concussion and a brutal concussion, as it was that Andy Dalton sustained, I mean, that was a, the last, that hit, that hit was nasty, dirty. He should be suspended. Fine. He needs a harsher punishment than he got. First of all, second of all, if I'm Andy Dalton, I don't want to come back off a concussion like that and face this Steelers defense. That's just, that's a bad time. You don't want to do it. I, like I said, I would be saying, oh, I'm so sensitive to light, guys. I don't think I'm there yet. Like, you can't prove that. Yeah. <laughs> just pretend, Andy. Sit this one out. So what I think happened, Stryker, <laughs> I think Andy Dalton found the biggest crowd he could and just started breathing and, like, forcing people to cough and licking doorknobs. Andy Dalton was definitely in downtown Dallas trying to get COVID. It is a fact. He tried to get COVID so he didn't have to face the Steelers. That's what happened.
0: i i can't refute that i mean obviously are you covid positive about that (laughs) because the crazy thing is like you you said it perfectly too is he's coming off a terrible concussion he knows the steelers defense he knows how well they get after the quarterback and he knows how bad (laughs) that dallas offensive line currently is honestly like Danucci may get murdered this game like I I feel badly for anybody playing behind that line and and we saw it in the Philly game too because Philly really got they can get after a quarterback as well and they got after them well in that game as well uh, just this past weekend um so you know you you have (laughs) Dupree and Watt coming at you from the edges you got you know tight uh you know to it and hopefully Hayward back coming up the middle and if not I mean Next man up's been just getting there. And Vince William on the A-gap blitzes. I mean, this is not the team you want to face when you're cloud-headed coming in off of a concussion to expect to be in a better situation with your head the week after you play this team. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, it's, yeah, it's I, a bad time. I mean, Danucci got sacked four times, I think, lost like two fumbles. He was, he was not good. He didn't throw any picks, so kudos to him. He took care of the ball that way on 40 attempts, too. It wasn't like they weren't throwing the ball. Yeah. So kudos to him on that front. But, I mean, he got, he got pretty abused back there against the Eagles, and he even said his quote after the game was pretty hilarious. It was something like, this NFL stuff is pretty hard, guys. It was something like that. <laughs> Just a guy, a guy who knew that, he got the be- that the other team got the best of him that day. He's like, ah, that sucked. That wasn't fun. But guess what? It's not getting any better for you, Ben DiNucci, against the Steelers. So, sorry, sorry about your luck, man. Now you get T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, and that defensive line. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Yep. And, you know, Steelers got to keep an eye out for
0: Zeke, obviously, this weekend. And their defense is very opportunistic. I know Tomlin mentioned as a presser today that when you're playing with a new quarterback, your dis- defense has to take more risks to try right. to get that football back for your offense to limit the amount of possessions for the other team keep the game low i mean they're going to be as as aggressive as they can they had like four turnovers last week against carson wentz who's a good quarterback in his own right yeah. so you know anything can happen i know they're having their issues on philadelphia's offensive line fortunately the steelers don't have those same types of issues being able to hold the ravens to only two sacks last game was pretty impressive with yeah. that them being the, the, number two and getting to the quarterback just a hair behind the Steelers
1: so absolutely agreed one thing that I took away from that Mike Tomlin press conference was how much praise he showered upon Ezekiel Elliott and I think we all know how good Zeke is but however he has not been good at all since Dak went down he hasn't had over 65 rushing yards in any game since Dak went down he's not getting fed as much he's not a threat in the receiving game like he usually is Steelers fans know this so well because I feel like for so many years this was the case The rushing game will go as the passing game goes. When there's no passing game to speak of, teams can just buckle down, stop the run all day, especially when the rushing game is featured, somebody like Ezekiel Elliott is featured that you know, okay, that's the guy. If we just stop him, we're good. That's the guy that we need to stop. So we saw it last year, you know, with Duck and Mason, how much Connor and Snow and any running back struggled with that whenever teams didn't have to worry about the pass. So this is where the Cowboys are at right now. They had one of the NFL's best offenses, if not the best offense, when Dak was healthy. He yeah. Dak was averaging 370 yards a game through five games. That is, that is absurd. Yeah. Like, the pace that Dak was on was just absurd. And the other thing you can take away from that fact, from that stat, is how bad the Cowboys' defense was because they were in shootouts every week because the yeah. defense couldn't stop anybody, so they had to just pass all game to try to it get is. caught up. So yeah. there's two sides to that. And, yeah. you know, Dallas – statistically they're just not good they're flat out not good this year the quarterback's getting hit like you said the offensive line is pretty tragic the defense is like slowly coming around I think in that Eagles game you saw a better Cowboys defense for sure opportunistic yeah. like you said Trayvon Diggs young rookie cornerback looks very good good call Le- yeah. Leighton Vander Esch is back middle yes. linebacker we know he's the guy good. Steeler
0: Nation wanted too when he was drafted, exactly after that
1: year yeah. yeah defensive end Demarcus Lawrence is still very good and Alden Smith is back and playing like The old Alden Smith, I think people forgot Mm. how good Alden Smith was before he had all the personal issues and, and, you know, was out of the league for a couple of years. He's back and honestly didn't miss a beat. He didn't look great against the Eagles. I don't know if there was a minor injury or something, but to this point, you know, he's leading the Cowboys in pressures and quarterback hits and all the good stuff. Mm. So he's kind of that same Alden Smith who, when he was with the Niners, I remember him tearing Ben up. He was a problem for Ben and the Steelers. So if he's that same guy – they could make this a problem a more problematic game than you might think and like like we said earlier in the show it's kind of like foreshadowing there's no guaranteed game in the NFL so don't think the steelers are just going to go down there and blow them out by 30 no. They absolutely might. Listen, I'm not saying – I'm saying yeah. that that is a possibility because I do think the Steelers are tiers above the Cowboys this season. But – Definitely are. There is always a chance that the Cowboys put it together and the Steelers do not. And it's one of those – we just saw it last night with Tampa Bay and the Giants. If you watch that game, the Giants almost won that game. Had yeah. no business winning that game. Yes, and honestly, yeah. would have. And they won only the game. they only
0: lost it because of the late turnovers there. So I was Jones. just gonna say they yeah. honestly
1: had every reason <laughs> to win that game. So they did. It can yeah. happen. Uh, Crystal just asked on Facebook. Cool. Exactly, that's fun. We keep perfect because we are at time for questions yeah, from
0: she... Steeler Nation. <laughs> she literally Crystal, said, "We up?
1: lost. We lost to teams that we should have won in the past. Do you think there's anything we should pr- improve on when we go to Dallas? Um, for me." improving upon is absolutely stopping the run. If they let Zeke get out, like they let JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards get out. Yeah. That could be everything for the Cowboys, you know, keep the yeah. ball out of Denucci's hands. Let, let Zeke carry the load. If Zeke goes off, then yeah, I mean, they kind of do have a chance. But like you're
0: saying with Dak in the backfield and Zeke, it's a, it's easier to open up that rushing offense because you got two guys that can move with the football. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what happened to LJ where they'd have two or three guys in the backfield with options to be able to run that football and that was why it was so difficult for the Steelers to make those adjustments, especially losing Alu-Alu early in that game. I think that was a big, big thing as well. But here's what I'll say for you, Crystal, for losing two teams in the past. This is a different year. This is a different team. This team is so motivated to win. They're not taking anything for granted, like especially Ben losing a whole year. He's not phoning in anything. I mean, this guy's just trying to find ways to win however they can find a way to win. And that's really encouraging. You know, they've come together a little bit closer because the COVID-19 makes it so you can't really go out with friends anymore. Like, you're just with your team the whole time. So, like, fun for you guys is going out and winning and keeping your winning streak going. So, I I don't see this team being a letdown team, but they could lose to a lower-ranked team. It always comes down to turnovers. If you yep. get on the minus side, minus three, minus four, the turnover uh, the ratio, you're going to lose games. And no matter how bad a team was, I remember like eight years ago, we lost to Cleveland Browns because we had like a nine minus eight turnover ratio. Everybody fumbled that day. That was the <laughs> one where they just kept re- rotating in. Oh, you fumbled. You're out of the game. New guy in. Oh, you fumbled. You're out of the game. New guy
1: in. <laughs> They're down. Yeah, yeah that's I a ridiculous that. stat. Yeah, good, news for, good news for Steelers fans on that is that the Cowboys have the worst turnover differential in the NFL. They're actually tied with the Eagles for the worst. Wow. They both have minus seven, minus seven differentials. So the <laughs> the Steelers should win the turnover. Ba- like we're saying, look, yeah. I think we're both picking the Steelers to win this game. Don't get us wrong. But if Zeke runs the ball very well, Yeah. And if Ben and or somebody, you know, gets fumble light, if they fumble a couple of times, give the ball away. If giveaways are a problem and Zeke runs the ball well, that's how the Cowboys can win. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm yeah. just saying that's how it could happen. And over at the
0: SteelerNation.com forum, where we took a lot of questions from our forum members, Hoot's got a question for us. He said, with an injury to Alu Alu, Alu right now, can you discuss the nose tackle rotation going forward? And we just discussed that a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Bugs is going to be in there a lot. Mundo, they've been rotating in, in, there, in there. He's a big body. Also mentioned Carlos Davis right here. Uh, maybe another pickup. I mean, an outside shot. I keep saying this, and I keep getting shot down, so I want your opinion on this. And <laughs> I was always a big Dontari Poe fan. Hey, and he okay. was just cut by Dallas last year. Yeah. So I was like, for a free guy, but, you know, if the injuries were worse to Alu Alu, then I'd, I'd be like, bring in Poe today. But yeah. if he's going to be coming back, it's not really needed. So he's still hanging out there eating Twinkies or whatever to keep his, yeah. his size
1: so I was going to say, he he got cut because he was out of shape. So that's not a great start for somebody. You know, we kind of saw that with Des Bryant no, he, in the No, he,
0: he was definitely in shape. His shape was round.
1: Ah, uh, There you go. That round <laughs> is a shape. That's fair. That this is my, that's shape. my COVID <laughs> summer bod, too. That's what I'm going with this summer. Round is a shape, guys. I'm in shape. But yeah, Dontari Poe was one of those guys that had a freakish combine and just had yes. all the physical tools that you would need. Yeah. And he was very good, but I, I think, think like, he jumped a,
0: out of a swimming pool or something too. Back, ridiculous. Like, I, I remember for saying,
1: for like, a guy and, his size, it was just yeah. absurd, but I don't think he's that player anymore. What no. What would have been neat was what, if uh, Quinn and Williams could have snuck into Avery Williamson's uh, suitcase uh, <laughs> and come with him from the Jets and made his way, <laughs> way to the Steelers. That's the guy, but yeah. obvi- obviously, obviously, I and, think they're, they're good with what they got.
0: And I wanted to also make a note too, because Dan McCullers is on the Chicago Bears practice squad now. So worst case scenario, we could poach a practice squad and get Dan McCullers back, knows Dude. the defense. He'd fit in a decent role, I think, because they poached him to put him on the roster. They dropped him back down. So he's there for the pick, and if we need him as well.
1: Dude, only in 2020 could Steelers fans be wanting Dan McCullers back. <laughs> it's that kind of year man (laughs) listen listen no disrespect to Dan McCullers the guy was fine he he just showed up and did his job like he got unnecessary hate but for the longest time he was the guy that Steelers fans were like well they can't find any better anybody better than him you know why is he still on this team so it's just funny that in 2020 we've reached the point where it's like oh Dan McCullers he's out there (laughs) yeah and who also wants to know
0: You know, he's a huge believer in Bud Dupree. We know chances of keeping him next year are slim. Uh, The next guy up would logically be Highsmith. At this point, what have you seen in him, and is he the next big bookend outside linebacker to play across from TJ?
1: Dude, I'll say this. I'll say that Highsmith has had a better – Start to his career than bud Dupree did, I think early on you know Highsmith has flashed more yeah for sure yeah we've oh, seen yes we've seen the flash, obviously the interception was huge, but besides that, the guys just played super solid football, honestly, I think you know p f f grades are what they are i 'm not yeah. huge on them, but Highsmith was either the second or third rated edge defender last week, so that's you know there's something it 's something yeah. so and I think in all fairness to Bud Dupree the Steelers defense as it is constructed now would allow somebody to just step in and thrive more than that defense that Bud Dupree was on as a rookie, not quite as good of an overall defense. It's a lot easier to do your job when everybody else is doing their job at an elite level. So right now the Steelers defense is so good. And I think we're seeing it that you can kind of plug and play people and not see a huge drop off. You know, we're seeing it with Spillane, See it with Highsmith when he comes in. You mm-hmm. saw it with Alulu stepping in for Hargrave and then with Bugs in the second half stepping in for Lulu. So you're yeah. seeing when guys go down, guys are able to step in and succeed because the overall defense is so freaking good mm-hmm. and they're so honed in on their overall philosophy. So it's kind of an unfair thing to compare him to Bud as I did. So sorry for doing that, Bud. But fact remains Highsmith does look good. And I think we're seeing the flash. We're seeing the things that you would want to see from him this early on am i super comfortable with him taking over for bud not yet <laughs> because yep. because i think bud dupree is freaking phenomenal i think if if it wasn't for tj watt being who he was bud dupree would get talked about a whole lot more in this town the the, the year he's having and the year he had last year the guy's playing at an undoubtedly elite level so i'm not ready to say that Highsmith is there yet no but, I mean, the raw skills are there, and, and he's getting there, sure. Yeah,
0: and I'm surprised with his uh, run – his run defense is, is there, too. Like, I did not expect that to be there as well and to be as contributing with getting plays right here at the line of scrimmage and tackles at the line of scrimmage. So, kudos to him. Slash Steel also have a question for you here, Hunter. Did the weather – did the weather factor in on the early game struggles or would you contribute that primarily to the Ravens having an
1: extra week to prepare? Um. I think it's a little column A, a little column B, as it usually is with these kind of things. Yeah, I think it's more so one thing that I that didn't get talked about a lot in in the aftermath of that game that I think is interesting is that it was Ben Roethlisberger didn't play that Ravens team last year, right? So right, how it, different? This is the
0: first time Ben Roethlisberger and Lamar Jackson played against each other. Right, right. Yeah, so how, been, how different last week on the show? Yeah
1: how different is that Ravens team from the teams that Ben is used to? I think there was a a big adjustment period for Ben. You know, he plays the Ravens in 2008, 2009, 2010. He knows what those Ravens teams are. He has a feel for them going in this year. That's a totally different team, totally different Ravens squad than he's ever played against. So I think there was a bigger feeling out process and that Ravens defense in general is very good. The secondary is very good. Linebackers, very fast, very good. So, it was just a good defense. Like we said in the in the pregame podcast, it was going to be a hard game. We knew that going in, that the Ravens' defense was going to be a problem. So I think the weather maybe played a part. I would, I would definitely lean more towards the Ravens being incredibly prepared and just being a good football team. I think that's a hard game, even in a dome with perfect weather conditions.
0: Yeah, and I also think the factor – Tomlin did mention that – They did put in some new wrinkles for the rushing attack, which is why they had such trouble pair that in with Tyson Alu Alu going down on the second drive. And that was a, you know, their third drive, I think, because the first two drives, they didn't, they didn't get anything really, Mm -hmm. or they didn't get as much Mm -hmm. on the ground. But after that, bam, bam, bam. And they were starting to rip off some big plays. So, you know, that's a factor as well. Uh, Paul G has a question for us. Does this team possess the killer instinct KC nice. employed a fake punt against the Jets yesterday signaling that they're willing to keep their foot on the throat of all opponents to get where they need to be. Are we able to focus and do the same each and every week opponents for every opponent that remains on our schedule? I'll, I'll start off on this one, Hunter. I'll say, sure. I'll say yes. Um, you know, they are not ca- the Kansas city's chiefs though. The Kansas city chiefs are an elite offense with m- maybe the most athletic might be the greatest um athletic quarterback to ever play in the NFL I mean Patrick Mahomes is just incredible to watch every week the Steelers just are not that but what this team does is they know how to win in different ways and they've been showing that they've been able to win games even when they're not you know on the positive end of the turnover ratio against Tennessee they're were three I think in that game and still found a way to win that one on the road and then this past game where they were outrushed by like 200 yards, outgained by 200 yards, and they still found a way to win. And that's what makes yeah. this team special to me. You know, they're good at ball control, clutch fourth quarter scoring. Uh, special teams are excellent. They've won games with special teams as well. Uh, that's, that, that was a big thing with the Tennessee game. They outpositioned them in special teams, and they couldn't – they had them pinned the entire game, and we were getting great returns in that game defensive stands just won a defensive stands just won with uh won a couple games by holding the ball at the end of the game one for six minutes at the end to, to hold it out against i think that was the denver game houston game as well it was like two three minutes that we held the ball four minutes or something at the end of that game to yeah to take the air out of that one almost did it in this game they had a good play on that fourth down or the third down play with queen hitting that a gap mm-hmm. um made a good play in the backfield but that if they got the first down there that game was over
1: Yep, for sure. I mean, I I like that question a lot, because that's something that I think in the past that the Steelers didn't have. I think I I would always look at the Patriots, though, as the example of teams that just, if they're beating you 28-0, they they want to beat you 54-0, you know? (laughs) The, The Patriots would never stop, and I always loved that about the Patriots, in fairness. I always thought that's how the NFL should be, you know? It's not it's not pee-wee league football where you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. You know, these are pros. If you can go out and beat somebody 60 to zero, then by all means, go do it. Go show off, man, if you're that good. But the Steelers remind me, and I think you definitely uh, touched on it there, strikers. Like this is going to be such a random analogy comparison. But like when I played, I played tennis, not for my high school team or anything, just like would play tennis in high school and college for fun. And I, I wasn't good at tennis, but I figured out that if I just kept the ball in play, I didn't have to win. I had to have you mess up. I would play for you to mess up and lose (laughs) the point and ultimately the set. Then me actually try, you know, to make an exceptional, you know, hit that scores points. I didn't have to do that. If I just continually kept the ball in play, I knew you would eventually mess up. And that's kind of what the Steelers are to me this year. They know that they're good enough they can do enough things, the defense especially, grounds them enough that they'll let you beat yourself instead. They don't need to go out and do a fake punt and score 60 points. They know if they can just stay within striking range, they're going to grind out these wins as they have been doing. So I don't know that it's necessarily a lack of a killer instinct because I think you saw killer instinct for sure against the Browns was the one that stands out. Without, yeah. I mean, that was just an all-time yeah. Steelers beatdown. So. Yeah that that said to me you know there was a little hate in that game you know yes. there was a little extra fuel to the fire a little more reason to go out and humiliate the browns so when you needed the killer instinct i think you saw it and that defense in general this steelers defense is that that's your killer instinct all day those guys aren't stopping they're not letting you get any yards anything that I think about like the Eagles making that late charge, the Titans making a late charge. It wasn't because the team didn't have a killer instinct. It was just the offense was executing and they were good, you know, on a roll and that the Titans are obviously a good team. The Eagles, not so much. That one's kind of more inexcusable, but I, yeah, I, don't, I don't, I'm not concerned about a lack of killer instinct by any means, but it's not exactly a, what you said, <clears throat> striker. They're just, they're not the chiefs. So they're not no. going to do chief stuff.
0: Yeah and only on Steeler Nation will you get an apropos tennis
1: analogy excellent tennis <laughs> analogy there and
0: who's your all-time favorite tennis player quickly there
1: Hunter uh, oh man all-time favorite I always liked Federer nice. when I was just casually watching in high school and everything but I, I like McEnroe's well because I, like, yes. I, like I like I like antics yeah. guys I like that yeah I'm the same with golf like I don't believe in like the gentlemanly aspect of golf necessarily. I don't like that. I like the John Daly's way more like John Daly's my favorite golfer of all time. Like just entertain me, be different, be goofy. Like these guys that are so uptight about golf and tennis in general, the whole country club mentality, obviously wearing a backwards hat stuff. It's not for me, man. That's not my game. (laughs) Yep. I got you. I'm a Nagasi guy too. So. Ed, nice.
0: Nice. Moving on. Mad insomniac has a question for us and some interesting stats as well to share with us. He says, is the NFC East the worst division in NFL history? <laughs> oh, jeez! Take away interdivisional inter- play, and it's a 2 Actually, now it's a 2-16-1 team, with including oh the game God. last night, versus the rest of the NFL. It's two wins, as well as its tie, are against teams in last place in their divisions. Nice. One-point win over the 2-6 and six Falcons, and a five-point win over the 4-4 and Falcons. 49ers, so you know, 49ers are a decent team, of course. The tie versus the bungles, and so you know, for me, I've been watching a ton of football. This easily is the worst division I have currently seen. I mean, mad, you, you really back it up with all those stats. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, like even with um, you know, tying the Eagles, that was their best team against our worst team. I mean, going on forward for the next 15 mat- matchups. Against this division, our division might go fifteen zero and one against their division.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of said it all. Yeah, it, with those stats, he kind of answered his own questions with that one. However, I did. I saw a tweet when I was I was kind of researching the Cowboys. Uh, uh-huh. The Eagles, the Eagles had a historic win against the Cowboys. Listen how bad this is. The Eagles are the first team to have under two hundred fifty total yards, turn the ball over four or more times, uh-huh. get sacked four or more times and still win a game by 14 points, which they did against the Cowboys. So that's how bad the division is. They're, they're like, they're winning horribly. Like yeah. that's the most horrible win of all time. Factually. Yeah. And, 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 and I watched the doing. game.
0: It was Sunday night. I mean, it was oh, not so easy. To I turned watch it for. off. I'm
1: not going to lie. I turned it off.
0: I fell asleep. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> hey, I, I, fell, yeah. I fell asleep after that second interception right around halftime. And I woke up at the end. I'm like, who won? <laughs> I didn't oh, Holy crap! They won. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an I'm Eagles. I I do like the Eagles. I'm a Pennsylvania boy, Central Pennsylvania. I will root for the Eagles when they're not playing the Steelers. Obviously, nice, fair enough. But fair I, enough. I mean, I would never fall asleep in a Steeler game, is what I'm saying. That, well, <laughs> no matter how bad obviously. they were. Yes. Heinz <laughs> fifty-seven with a question. He says, "Since one of the Ravens players is now Corona positive, who is Humphreys? How does the team handle in week mitigation of possible spread in the locker room?" I know I I usually lead these for the. Uh, for the Corona questions, at least for um, number one, the first thing they have to do is separate uh, Humphreys from the rest of the team. I know the Steelers had to take an additional test. They were all negative on Sunday, but I mean, their first practice is not supposed to be until Wednesday. So I'm sure they'll either have a, a test or two tests before then to make sure that they can start practice, but they, they will keep take that very seriously and even more seriously, I think with the Steelers and the way that they're, uh, you know, intergrained with UPMC to make sure that everyone is safe going into practice this week and they're not going to further that spread like the Tennessee Titans super spreaders
1: and now the Packers I saw AJ Dillon the rookie running back of the Packers is spreading it around too oh with his no. teammates so so uh, there's that the the Packers are down to like practice squad running backs it's crazy but wow it, unless Aaron Jones can come back this week but to the to the Steelers point I think it's exactly what you said, man. They got to be extra careful. Even though all those tests came back negative, it really doesn't say anything yet because the incubation period is like two to 14 days. It could it could just not have popped up yet on a test. Yeah, so true. the continued rapid testing is going to be the answer. And unfortunately, there is downtime with the test. As you saw, Humphrey obviously tested positive on Sunday yep. morning and yeah, he was still fine played. on Saturday.
0: He got a Saturday test back Crazy. and that's why he can play Steelers. It's not a conspiracy. No. He had an illness on Wednesday. It was the cold. It wasn't Rona because they tested him.
1: <laughs> that's what they said. So, so, and Tomlin to his credit in Tomlin's presser today, if you, if you listen to it, he was asked plenty of coronavirus questions. He had zero yep. negative things to say. He yep. had zero conspiracy theories, zero yep. excuses. So yep. in, in, in the Steelers mind, it's just, business as usual they knew it was going to be a weird season coming in and it's now currently a weird season they're prepared for it
0: so Humphreys will be out for at least 10 games and that means it's probably going to miss or 10 days I'm sorry so he's probably going to miss his next game definitely possibly next two games it's a
1: huge uh, loss for them that guy's one it, of the best, he's, he's best in the NFL for real yeah.
0: was he the one that forced the fumble on Claypool
1: he was not that was Marcus Peters oh, that's time. Peters. you're right but yeah. it was Humphrey that got juju last year in overtime. yes in the overtime <laughs> that's
0: right yeah that he's a hell of a player. He really uh, I, is. I, Kelly, with a question, do you feel Vince Williams has earned another contract leading the team in combined tackles up there with TFLs, leading the league in TFLs, I, I believe, Crazy. this year, t- uh, tied in sacks, th- fourth in sacks with three? I know some feel he's old, but being his eighth year in 2021, which is not old for a linebacker. I'll start off with this one because I did oh. a little bit of research on this one. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, he's under contract next year. I know if they release him next year, though – it would be four million that they gain with three million in dead cap. So you got to think about when you're going to release a player that's under contract. Are you going to get a player of equal or greater value for that four million that you're saving? Because that's the only way you make that move. And right yeah. now, Vince Williams leading the league or up there in the league lead for TFLs, tackles for loss. Um, the way he plays, both then he's good against the run. Surprisingly, he looks faster than he's ever been. This season. I know. Um, and he's just a tackle machine. Like for me. I don't want to lose him at all. I don't. I don't know if he will play for that five to eight million range because we can't pay everybody, you know, fifteen to twenty mil on defense. So you know, he would be a tough guy to to lose uh, heading in if we had to go for thinking two years from now. But he's a guy that I'd like to keep.
1: Yeah, did a did those thoughts on every level, man. I, I think cool. he's a everything you said as far as the football player. I think an underrated aspect of Vince is his leadership. His kind of he has an equally. He, He's equally humorous as he is serious. Like, he has an excellent sense of humor. Yeah. But he's also incredibly serious and a great leader and, and an intense guy. I mean, just watch the games and you'll see who who is barking the most after plays. He's kind of almost like – reminds me of the Joey Porter, you know, that just kind of keeps the defense pumped up and energetic and, and hype. So, he's kind of the hype man of that defense, which I think is huge for these guys. So, Vince is a guy you want to keep around. He's not that old. He's 30, and he's fine. His game isn't built on speed anyway, so no. it'll be fine. Yeah. So, Drink Iron City, our big friend, always wants
0: to know lots of questions. So, first one's for you here. Did Des Bryant even hit the field on play
1: yesterday, and what did he contribute? Hunter. He contributed acting like Chase Claypool in practice, apparently. Yes. That's that's what yes. I heard. So, and, and Chase Claypool scored a touchdown, so I guess he didn't do a good job either. So <laughs> I don't know what Dez is contributing right now. It's like we said last week, man. Yeah. Dez has been out for so long, coming yeah. off an Achilles injury, obviously, and the last time we saw him when he was signed with the Saints and immediately got injured in practice. He's not going to be the Des Bryant of 2012, 2013 again. I don't know that he'll even see the field this year, honestly, if they'll ever activate him from the practice squad, but we'll see how it goes. They need to activate him from the practice squad to even, you know, obviously have a chance of game activity from him. I don't know that I see it happening, to be honest with you.
0: And for me, I think the the perfect analogy for this, he's on the practice squad. He's not on the roster. So no, he didn't play in the game. And if you're expecting when, Plexico Burris came back the second time, and, um, you know, he wasn't the same receiver. Unfortunately, I think he hurt his collarbone or his shoulder really early and was out and put on IR right after that. But that's essentially what you're getting now. You might get a couple plays here and there, but he is not going to be that game-changing receiver that he was in his his all-pro years.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh um, also question here bugs came from a pretty decent school can he contribute weekend <laughs> and week out for the remainder of the season if need be next man up
1: <laughs> i laughed instantly because pretty decent school the guy went to alabama, alabama. I I he mean, went to alabama pretty, pretty decent <laughs> hold on. Man. This guy, this guy must be an Auburn fan or something, calling Alabama pretty decent. <laughs> Damn, harsh, harsh tongue times in cheek to from
0: Iron City there. <laughs> yeah, <Iron> yeah. City. <laughs> nah, I know.
1: I'm just busting his balls. That's funny <laughs> <Yeah>. though. <laughs> but Bugs, can Bugs be that guy? I yeah. mean, so far we have 50% tape that says no and 50% tape that says yes. So I think this this Cowboys game will be huge in determining yeah. that. I don't. I need to see more from him. Is where I'm at with it. I mean, we've seen flashes. Mm-hmm. Now, can he put it together for a full game?
0: At least what I liked about Bugs was he came through, and I think the biggest moment, I did an article on this for As the Game Turns. It was the fourth and three down near the goal line where Lamar Jackson saw that everybody was being blocked, and actually the center was manned up on Bugs. And if you look both to the left and the right of the center, the A gaps are wide open. So the B gaps were filled by like the good pass rushers and everybody's hitting those gaps. So Lamar Jackson's like, I got an easy first down. I need to come down here behind the center, fake one way, cut the other. And Bugs was leaning over the center's left shoulder, peeking in the backfield. And that's where, that's where Lamar Jackson faked to and then cut right into the wide open a gap. But Bugs shed that gap, that block so quickly and was wrapped around LJ's, um, waist coming through and he made that tackle low and then you know of course Williams came through hit him high when he's reached out um, Fitzpatrick knocked that ball out of his hand so he couldn't get any chance of even reaching for a first down though he would have been about a yard short right. anyway and then Spillane of course Johnny on the spot falling on the ball so, I
1: really man I really enjoyed Bugs's intensity too as much as yeah. I just talked about it with Vince I think you saw a very fired up Isaiah Bugs as well in the second half and I think that's a, it's infectious for the rest of the team, but B, that's clearly something that he needed, that he thrived off of. He's, he's always kind of, he's not an athletically, he's not as athletically gifted as a lot of these defensive linemen. Like if you look at his combine stats, mm-hmm. nothing is going to blow you away. Yeah. But if he can just bring the intensity, kind of the same deals as we talked about with Robert Spillane, if he could just do his job and perform at the absolute peak of his own abilities, together that defense is already great. That's going to be more than enough. So if Bugs can just continually do that, optimize the skills he does have, I think he's got to be fine, man. I really do. I like what I saw. The good news is that he wasn't like awesome in the first half and bad in the second half. That would be alarming. It was the reverse. He started off sluggish and picked it up as the game went. So I think that's the really good news with Bugs is that, okay, he was just feeling it out like NFL real game action, getting his feet wet, so to speak. So now he's ready to kind of unleash. So I, I think this Cowboys game just will say it all, though.
0: And Hunter, Ben is playing smart ball right now. Will he remain a take-what-you-can-get type of quarterback, or will he revert to bombs-away, Ben, at some point?
1: Oh, man. I think he is a take-what-you-get quarterback with (laughs) bombs-away capability. How about that? Well said. How about that? I like that. Yeah. So I think the only reason he's not bombs away is that the bombs haven't been, when bombs are there, he's still taking them. I mean, we've seen him be bombs away and, you know, the Claypool touchdown against Denver being the most obvious example, but he's taken them when they're there. So it's not that he's not a bombs away quarterback. It's just that he's a much smarter, more calculated quarterback. And we're seeing that with his vastly reduced interception numbers. So I think you'll take that all day. And I know we yinced it up with that Titans game, but a lot of those picks were kind of, kind of crap anyway yeah. like they yeah. weren't necessarily bad throws bad decisions or anything of the sort so Ben is having a phenomenal year this is the best I've ever seen him protect the yes. football yeah no coincidence that the team is seven to no as a result man you cannot give the football away in the NFL and that is serving the Steelers well
0: yeah and I think Ben will take his shots as well I mean we got some pass interference calls for him taking some deep shots but Ben is now a smart quarterback mm-hmm. like he's looking like a Tom Brady out there he's calling all the plays at the line of scrimmage he's spreading people out he's hitting the quick attack and zone overloads with the bunch formations and then that play to to ebron was a drag under zone like you just run that drag route underneath everybody going deep you got a wide open play underneath they did the same thing with uh, dj right there at the end of the game and almost got the first down on the drag under zone yep so he's just recognizing and taking what the defense is giving them he's recognizing it at the line of scrimmage he's making the right um, line call adjustments to give him time to get those balls out. So he's just like, it's. this is just really fun for me to watch him DIC this year. I mean, cause he's just a new quarterback.
1: Agreed it's, completely. And I think and, one thing that's really interesting that we talked about so much last week that we were concerned about was him getting passes deflected at the line. And I think off the top of my head, I remember it happening maybe twice against the Ravens. I can't recall exactly how many, I know Kalias Campbell definitely got one. Yeah. I'm not – I can't remember how many Yeah, I think there was more. only
0: one one knockdown yeah. in that game. Yeah, yeah maybe only, only one.
1: one. Yeah. But one thing that I noticed – and, again, this was – this is just eye test stuff. This isn't research I've done. I'd love to see the stats. It seemed like he did hold the ball a little longer. He wasn't getting it out quite as fast. Like, yeah. he was taking that extra – half second to let things settle in and then take a shot so yeah. it seemed like there we talked about needing an adjustment for that against the ravens it seems like they did that so now it'll be interesting against the cowboys uh how he attacks them because the deflections were a legitimate problem yeah i thought so and,
0: and it was you know the the Ravens were very disruptive at the line of scrimmage, which even like Tony Romo mentioned to multiple times how aggressive they are at the line of scrimmage. So you're not going to get that quick pass off right away. Mm-hmm. You got to wait a tick to see somebody's going to break open. Mm-hmm. And um, last question from Drink Iron City: This is absolutely the best year coaching from Tom from <laughs> Coach Tomlin. How long do we hold our breath,
1: Hunter? What are we holding our breath on? Drink Iron I, City. What? What are we holding I, I, our breath for? I guess for, for the
0: fir- for the first loss, maybe. For the first loss, <laughs> I wouldn't hold
1: my breath, man. I think you're gonna. I think you're definitely gonna die unless you're David Blaine or, or something like that. I can <laughs> hold your breath forever. All I right. wouldn't hold my breath on the first hmm. loss because it's. I don't think it's coming this week, man. So we talked yeah. about it earlier in the show. Obviously, the the potential loss games, the trap yes. games, if you will. But I don't. I don't see this team losing a trap game, man. They're just not built don't that way. You mentioned yeah. it exactly, Stryker. Yeah. You mentioned it perfectly, turnovers. actually. It's the only yep. way.
0: Yeah. And yep. big plays. Like, if they get big kick returns and stuff against us and we had a lot of turnovers involved that, that happens. But yeah. I've got to politely disagree with you, Drink Iron City. I don't think that this is Tomlin's best year coaching. Whoa. I think, I think last year was his best year as a Whoa. head coach. Okay. With Hot everybody cake. that they lost – with I mean, and that was across the board that was a quarterback running back wide receiver you know line uh defense I mean we were just losing like great great players across the board he kept that team together he kept that team focused they still won eight games they, they were like eight and four I think or eight and five I think at, at one point eight and five eight and five Yeah. had a chance of making the playoffs and then just you know the, the injuries just caught up with them and they couldn't Teams figured out how to, how to fight against, you know, Rudolph and, and Duck throwing everybody at him, trying to force him to, you know, beat him with their arm by crowding the line of scrimmage. And it, it eventually got to a point where they couldn't get the the win. But I think with that much adversity going through last year, this team is built on that team. Yeah. Like, and they, they have – they're not taking anything for granted. They know how, you know, fragile the game of football is. If you, with injuries, especially Ben is the the – poster child for that right now stating you know he's looking like a new man coming back and playing because he missed a whole year so yeah you know if there was and even with last year if there were seven playoff teams last year they still they would have made the playoffs for they sure. would have been in that's so, crazy but, you know crazy
1: to think of i think i'll say this striker i'll say if if they made the playoffs last season i would 100 mm-hmm. be on board with that call yeah i think i think at this point you can still make that argument but if they end up 8-0, 9-0, 10-0, then you got to give this season to him. Like a, oh, and they, if they get to 10-0, I, this season's a lock for his best coaching <laughs> season.
0: And th- but that's the one thing with Steelers coaches. They're always good, but they never get credit for being coach of the year. Yeah,
1: no, so I mean, just, this is the just year, though. Get
0: used to it. They, yeah. As long as they get Lombardi's guys, it doesn't matter because I think that's the last thing right. that Mike Tomlin would ever care about is winning a coach
1: of the year because he'd rather have a Lombardi absolutely true and we do have one more question striking before we're done anthony on facebook anthony i'll let i'll let you field it first how okay. many sacks does tj watt get this week
0: i'd have to say if i was gonna be um vegas i'd put the over under this week at two
1: absolutely that's right where my head's at i, I think two is
0: the the line the betting line and that's what would get the most action um so then you got to think: Can you can you get more or less than two? And I I think you know he's been getting one every game. I, I think this is a game that he's going to get multiple sacks. If you got to put your money on on walk getting multiple sacks, two is definitely in there. Three also as well. But I think he's going to be in the backfield a lot this game.
1: Yep, yeah, I'll split the difference and say two and a half. I could see nice. two and a half for T for TJ this week. Uh, Danucci got sacked four times last game they were getting all over Andy Dalton when he was in like we said Dak Dak is a has great legs he's more escapable he's harder to sack but B their offensive line has since taken some major hits there it's not this, even the same offensive line that Dak was playing behind so the Cowboys are super beat up right now if they stop Zeke early and the Cowboys have to throw a lot which like we said DeNucci did throw 40 times against the Eagles that's a lot of dropbacks yeah. for a guy just making his his NFL debut and everything so his uh debut as a starter at least. I think the Steelers are gonna put up some kind of ridiculous sack numbers this game and TJ Watt gets two and a half.
0: And we've reached another ninety minutes, it looks like nearly an hour and a half, but when we have the ultimate the best rivalry in professional sports to talk about, we are yeah. not going to be succinct on the podcast this week. So congratulations, Steeler Nation. You get to hear Stryker and Hunter for an extra thirty minutes this week. Hunter <laughs> Always a pleasure, man. Freaking great conversation and always awesome to have you on as usual.
1: For sure, dude. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all the questions this week, man. You guys always ask awesome questions and make me and Striker too, I think, think about things that we hadn't previously thought about. So it's also constructive for us. So we definitely yeah. appreciate that. And, dude, I say it at the end of every week, like, I'll see you next week. Is it going to be 8 No. This is the first <laughs> week in a while that I feel pretty certain <laughs> about it. And yeah. And that, I don't know it if that scares good. me or not. It, does, it actually doesn't scare me with this team for some <laughs> reason. I feel like they're absolutely just taking care of business. And we got to catch a game sometime this year
0: together just to see what it's like to watch in each for other's sure. presence because, man, this is a fun season, man. Anyway. Hell yeah,
1: dude. That would be super fun.
0: So, guys, follow Hunter on Twitter, on Instagram, at Hunter That's at H-U-N-T-E-R, letter A, H-O-M-I-S-T-E-K. Catch us next week, 2 o'clock, right here on Twitter at understore sn podcast or over on our facebook channel we will see you then live see you soon then hunter thank you yes, so sir. much man take care dude we'll see All you right, next bro. week huh? visit our title sponsor total sports enterprises on twitter to be part of their signed merch giveaway this week being eric ebron so go on over there retweet it for your chance to win that eric ebron jersey at Total Sports ENT www.tseshop.com for 45% off everything in the store today. You too can get a great unique gift from SteelerNation.com gear page, including this great hoodie I got here, the SteelerNation.com podcast hoodie. Super thick, double-stitched, and a hoodie you can sink yourself into. I hate getting hoodies that are like half hoodies that are like all the way back here on your head. This is a nice deep hoodie. I can hide if there's a bad play. Excellent stuff over at the SteelerNation.com. Gear page. Gear up here for the holidays. Gear up for the virtual tailgates. And gear up for those games that we're allowed to go to, Steeler Nation, over at SteelerNation.com. Which is also the best site for fast, unique Steeler content on the internet. Check, out, check the podcast uh, page and to listen to many of our interviews or click on the forum button for some of the best football discussion on the net and to also put questions in for podcasts every week. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash C slash Steeler Nation to check out our vidcasts and watch this vidcast here on replay and be the first to know about our mobile uploads. Tweet us at Steeler Nation. Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast and Instagram at podcast. And follow your host, G. Stryker, on Twitter and Instagram at Stryker with a Y. If you want to listen to more Stryker this week, I was asked back to that great science fiction podcast, High Tea with Monsters, Rebel Scum, and Vigilantes with Brett Ashley, my great friend and sci-fi geek friend. So episode 713, we break down the first episode of The Mandalorian. I get great geeky knowledge from my old school days growing up playing with my Star Wars toys from the original Star Wars movies. And if you like that kind of stuff, check us out on Apple podcasts, high T with monsters, rebel scum and vigilantes podcast. Thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by total sports enterprises. I'm your host G Stryker, with Hunter homostech rooting along with you as always. Go
1: Steelers!